Hey, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. Now, before we rip into this episode with Casey Burgess, I just want to alert you to something just quickly. As COVID restrictions are easing a little and gigs are starting up again, I'm doing my bit to promote some of these gigs that feature the Gig Life Podcast guests. Head over to the Gig Life Podcast Instagram and start following. So it's at the Gig Life Podcast or uh, the links down in the show notes here. Um, you'll see me reposting on behalf of my guests. Check out their gigs, buy a ticket, head on out, and let's start rebuilding our music community. Okay, episode 102, Casey Burgess, here we go. Today is Casey Burgess. Casey is a singer, songwriter, dancer, actor, and presenter from Sydney. She's easily recognisable as one of the previous members of internationally acclaimed children's show High Five, as well as co presenter on Girl TV. Casey also starred in Annie the Musical alongside Anthony Warlow, as well as TV roles on Home and Away, White Collar Blue, and Rake, as well as many others. You've more than likely seen Casey on a bunch of TV commercials or presenting Australia's largest school story dance festival, Wakakiri, fronting girl group The Diamonds, or hosting Carols in the Domain. But have you heard her music? Casey has recently released her debut album, Space to Breathe. In this chat, Casey and I talk about her career to date, the highs and lows, the trails and tribulations. We talk about her new music, listen to some of her songs together, and she explains her process in making this remarkable album. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please give it up for the delightful Casey Burgess. Alright, I think we're rolling. Mm-hmm. Casey Burgess, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, cool. Been a time to uh, start talking to people during this crazy year, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, what have you been up to the last six months since COVID <sighs> COVID sort of happened? I know you've released an album, and we'll, we will talk about that. Um, what did you have sort of in the pipeline? Did you have some plans? And obviously, you know, COVID hit, and then the world changed. Look, it did. I didn't have anything. Other than the album really going um, going forward in terms of big, big plans. And I suppose the um, – I also teach Pilates. So we had – during that I think we were affected quite a bit at the studio, having to close mm. the doors and just having sort of that, that time of, you know, what's around the corner just lingering over our heads every day. And at the same time I had the album brewing and that kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Mm. And I suppose um, I was also locked in Melbourne. We uh, lost my grandfather 
at the very beginning of it. And so we were all, um, thank you. We were all um, in Melbourne together. So we sort of got, it was that thing where we sort of got stuck there. We weren't really sure what was going on. So, you know, it was a time for me to really reflect and connect with people um, that, you know, you sort of had to work out who were the people that made you feel uplifted and who were the people that made you feel good and what were the things that kept your spirits high during that time because it was just mm. during a time of just uncertainty with work and uncertainty with the album. There was just this this sudden loss in my life and, mm. you know, and I could sort of relate to anyone else going through that as well that had lost anyone during COVID. We couldn't have a funeral. So we were very much affected by um COVID-19 as well and then we came back to Sydney and I think everything sort of just stopped and I sort of thought, okay, what can I do for people that's going to lift their spirits up and during that time it was music for me Um, Mm -hmm. and while the studio was closed still I just focused on getting the album out and released and that's just what I did. I just we kept pushing it and pushing it and I said, you know what, this is a time where everyone is sitting around not not certain of what's happening. Let's, Let's bring some music to people's ears and... I'm really glad that I did that because it kept my spirits high and, you know, hopefully some other people kept their spirits high around the world as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, You know, I think you're very brave bringing the album out now. Mm. Um, I know there's still a lot of people holding back on albums because they want to release and then they want to tour and they want to gig. And with gigs not sort of <laughs> happening too much, mm-hmm. um, you've done it anyway, so... Yeah, but I that's mean, you know, but that's but that's also something you can do later. You know, it's just like the whole uh, yeah, everything's changed. Everything's everything changed. Everything so, has changed. You know, and I, I did it, put together a media launch, which was a live gig. It just felt so strange <laughs> to be sitting in a venue with musicians and singers and people in there. But it was also only twenty people allowed. Um, and I think where I sat with that was my music is very very much, you know, a grab the heart, grab a box of tissues and <laughs> cry <laughs> and uh, then feel uplifted throughout the stories. And I think that if people can sit with this album and really connect with the music and the words, the, the tour is actually going to mean so much more because it's something that that I can sit there with people in a group and in a room full of people no matter hopefully more than, you know, 50 now um, and really talk about the songs and connect with them and if they already know the songs it's gonna it's gonna have the whole new meaning rather than just coming out and trying to sell my album to people it's actually gonna have a bit of weight to it and some meaning because they've already heard it and been able to sit with it for some time Mm. um you're selling you're selling the hard copy cds which is great too because i think absolutely um like I, i i know myself i like to buy cds there's nothing like having that tactile yeah. You know, thing in your hand that you can put into a machine as opposed to, you know, <laughs> dialing know. it up and pushing a, pushing a play and a stop, you know. Well, um, I've always been that person that puts a likes to put a CD on and hear the songs in their form of how the artist has put them onto the album, which you can do that when you download, but having that tangible copy of something is really nice. You can take the pamphlet out, you can read their thank yous, you can, you can just yep. connect a lot more with with an artist, I think when you have that, I've had a lot of people get the album and um, the ones that have bought the hard copy have said, I don't even have a CD player, but I'll find one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I... <laughs> I love that. That's well, real support, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've got a bunch of CDs that um, like I've, I've already got the digital versions of, I just haven't taken it out of the wrapper. 
Yeah. And I'll, just, it'll, it'll stay that way. It's cool. Yeah. It's just nice to have. It's like buying a Barbie doll when you're a kid and not being allowed to take it out and play with it. It just has to stay in the packaging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worth a lot of money now, eh, those old ones? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's roll back to early days. Mm-hmm. Casey Burgess, how it all kicked off. Um, your mother was a dancer. And Correct. your father is um, was a pop star and and um, presenter, show presenter. Am I right? Yeah. TV yes. show. Yes. Yep. Um, so, oh, for, to start off, where, where are you? Are you from Sydney originally? Yep, I am. But uh, yep. dad's yep. side of the family is all Melbourne, so I've kind of yep. gone between both for my whole life. So yeah, but I'm Sydney born and raised. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. So going going back, you, you, your father was a performer. Was he still performing? Um around the time you were born or that was sort of, he was, he was sort of seventies. Yes. Um, so I remember him doing gigs and he was more, um, in the time of my sister. So my sister, um, grew up with him more being on TV and having his TV show flashes and sort of appearing on countdown and, you know, having all of those appearances. Um, but I do, I do recall going to gigs and watching dad. And I think Mm. that's part of when I grew up, um, seeing that, and getting an understanding of that. But I do remember a lot more going to sort of my mum's dancing gigs and, um, mm. you know, sitting out the back, sitting amongst the feathers and the costumes and having mm. having been a part of that. So I sort of remember both. Um, but I suppose I was very much supported by them. Um, my sister worked in an agency, in an acting agency, so that sort of led me down that path. And it was sort of, I guess, inevitable that I would be, in this industry, I mean, you know, I used to want to be a paramedic, but <laughs> when I realised that blood made me pass out, I stuck on the, the path of uh, performing. And I do. That's rep- probably a smart move, eh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, there's always time, right? There's always time. Yeah. Um, what, to get used to blood? Still queasy. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that. But, yeah, it was – I do recall it and I suppose it's it's in my blood. It's something that just comes naturally. Dad would film me singing or – I dance with mom and I, I love those memories because it sort of just is part of the journey of why I'm here now, you know. Mm, mm. What kind of dancing was your mum doing? Um, so she would dance a lot on, you know, like the Don Lane show and those kind of things where, you know, we had my mum and dad met, he was a singer and she was one of the dancers. So back then there were so many more oh, shows okay. where they'd have couple dancing or, you know, women dancing in the back background um, as part of the performance. So she was originally ballet um, and then she toured with Disney um, for many, many years at a very young age. She left school to do that and um, all of those shows back then had dancers on them and it's it's kind of transformed now where we don't have so much of that. Um, so seeing all that footage and seeing that that time where, you know, TV was alive with singers and dancers and that was amazing and I love looking back at that because it, it is coming full circle again. You know, we do have shows with singing and dancing and, I suppose having those things put together to present an artist, we're seeing so much more now as well. So I love that that's coming coming back um, harder and faster. I love seeing it because it reminds me of of their story. Yeah, awesome. When did you first get the inkling that that you wanted to be a performer? Oh, very young. I think there's some 
some footage on YouTube of me being like two or three <laughs> singing and dancing, jumping you know on the trampoline, and I don't stop singing yeah, I, no matter what. I, I think I think I think I saw that last night. Your da- <laughs> it's from you. <laughs> your dad's posted today. Yeah, he loves yeah. it. It's so fun. Yeah. I love looking back at that stuff because no matter what I'm doing, I'm sitting on a chair and I'm singing. I fall flat on my face and I'm still singing. That's professionalism. <laughs> that's where I learned yeah. it from a young age. <laughs> Cameras yeah. on, keep going. <laughs> Good shit. Good shit. How did you go about? <laughs> Becoming that perform performer, did you um, did you start singing early or did you start dancing first or? Yeah, I grew up going to dancing on Saturdays, singing. So you'd be there from morning to night doing acting class, acrobatics, ballet, tap, jazz, mm. all of it. And I think you just you transition into one or the other. You know, I think I complained about ballet, so I got pulled out of ballet. I didn't like it. Um, and then you know you take up an instrument, and then sort of school became more exciting and you know things like hanging out with the girls and boys and stuff became way more exciting at that age at teenage Mm. age Mm. so you stopped going to singing and dancing and then my love for um, playing guitar and songwriting happened in high school so I would spend sort of my my time at lunchtime sitting up in the the gym room with a guitar playing and I think that kind of just you just go through a transition period of what you like you know I Mm. I think I loved school but I don't miss it I I just miss those times where you have these things handed to you that you can you can choose whether to continue or not and Mm. I'm really glad I stuck it out with the music stuff because it's just where my passion lied you know and Mm. dad would sing with me and we'd play and write and do all that kind of stuff so I guess it was just a slow transition and I found my calling I suppose Mm. who were some of the the um Artists you were listening to at that time? Yeah, I had a big mix of artists I listened to. Like I sort of grew up listening to sort of Whitney Houston and ABBA and Michael Jackson, the Beatles. Then I started listening to much more um, singer-songwriter stuff. So Dad and I would do road trips down to down to Melbourne and listen to a lot of country music, sort of Casey Chambers and country artists like Phil Vassar and just artists that I think that if I mentioned a lot of the names, people would say, who? Um, you know, Faith Hill, all these kind of oh, artists man. that sit there. You got yeah. me there. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, to, in my opinion, she's got the most amazing voice I've ever heard. She I've does. Got, I've got a, I've got a, a playlist on my my phone of mm-hmm. sort of go to songs that put me through. Like if I'm if I'm in a bad mood, I put you know this playlist like. on, and it, yeah, and it just puts me through all these emotions. There's about four of her songs on that. And on that playlist, we were saying phenomenal. this the other week that um. Just the voice of hers is just, it's crystal. It's crystal clear. And I went through this time of listening to her over and over again and I loved I loved her. I love Martina McBride. I love mm. Leanne Rimes. Mm. I love these these women singers and songwriters that just touched my heartstrings. And then I started mm. listening to a lot of, more of the men and Garth Brooks and, mm. you know, I, I just I just love, I just love the way that their music told stories. And I think that's sort of the path I wanted to go down, even though I, I listened to a whole range of artists. As I got older, I started listening to Pink and I just, she was someone that I think changed my life in the sense of, you know, you're a girl, but you can be tough. You can stand mm. your ground. Mm-hmm. You can sing songs. And some of her songs were my fight songs, you know, just yeah. songs that I would go, this got me through a tough time or a bad day. And then I started finding songwriters that I could connect with and it was a lot was in country music. So um, that's kind of, kind of where what I grew up listening to and where I sort of sat 
in in my headphones. But then I'd listen to Eminem and I'd listen to Nelly yeah. and I'd listen to, yeah, yeah. you know, all the fun stuff that my friends and I would listen to. But that's where I could, like you said, when you're having a day, you feel something, you can put it on. And that's exactly what I wanted to do when I started my album, when people are feeling something but they can't find the words, mm. I'll help them with that, you know. Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Were you doing school musicals and performances and stuff like that? Um, I was. I at school not so much. I was in. I was doing okay. doing drama. Um, but I wasn't so interested in it at school because I got cast in Year Six. I got cast in Annie the Musical with Anthony Wallow, oh. and yeah. So I was in that. I didn't do Year Six um, at school because I was performing at the Lyric Theatre every night. Um, that was a life-changing experience that was wow. really what threw me into the world of performing and what made me go, yep, this is what I want to do. So that was, I think musical theatre for me was the the door and I decided to be a part of it and then I found that as I got older I didn't enjoy it so much. I think I had a bit of struggles with my voice and performing every single night, every single mm. night for me I realised wasn't going to be great for me especially in a role that might not sit in my vocal range. So I just mm. decided to figure out what was for me and what suited me and it was much more um, going back and, and really working out what, what worked for me and singing and songwriting and my own stuff was, was what I loved doing. That's cool. Do you, remem- do you remember any of those feelings like, and, and what you were thinking oh. back, back in doing that, doing that, um, that any of the musical? Because, I mean. Oh, it's just for a year, six grade, that's, that's yeah. the peop, like people and, you know, Anthony Warhol's right there, like, fuck. I know, <laughs> right? it's yeah. wild. And having a yeah. group of girls, so we would be homeschooled or we would go mm. to rehearsals and then we'd rehearse, 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 and then we'd be taken out and have lunch, which was um, two-minute noodles every single day. <laughs> that's what, that was my go-to. That was my fuel. Um, and then we would go and homeschool out the back and we'd all sit there in class, like just naughty kids, like little orphans as we were playing. <laughs> we were right. causing a muck. Um, mm. But, you know, we just loved every single second. And then, you know, getting the costumes. I remember the day I went in and they put my hair back in a ponytail and snipped it off. And they wanted someone with short hair. And I've still got a box of all the stuff. My ponytail's still in it. I've got all the paper clippings. I've got all of that. And I just remember the time of it being just butterflies 24-7. And that's what yeah. I wanted to do for the rest of my life, you know? That's awesome. Did they yeah, tell you they were gonna did they tell you they were gonna cut your hair? I think halfway through, I think I even just put my hand up and went, I'll do it. Oh. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, I made, care. you made that sound like someone just snuck up behind you, grabbed your ponytail, and snipped it off. <laughs> no, no, they told me that, but they yeah, okay, right. Because I'm like, we need you to look a bit like an orphan. There right. you go. <laughs> right, right. Um, now you were co-presenter on Girl TV, mm-hmm. right? So tell tell us a little bit about about how that came about, and and for the people that that don't know what that yeah. show is all about. Yeah, so I was part of the after um, after I was in Annie, that was year six, and then I went back to school. Um, I didn't get to go to my like year six form or whatever that was. Um, I think we had a performance that night, and then we started high school. So I did year seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. and during that time, I also had a an acting agent, and so I'd get sent for you know things like commercials, and I started booking TV commercials for like St George Bank and um, Noodles. I must be. 
Something about me is attracted to noodles. I don't know. Um, and if, there's any noodle co- hang on. If there's any noodle company companies listening? Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm ready. You've got my number. I'll hook you up for Casey. <laughs> hook me up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, and then another audition came around for the show, the new show that they were, you know, workshopping called Girl TV. It was a, a magazine-style show with four girls um, and, you know, hosting and interviewing celebrities. And there also was a record deal with Sony and we had a um, – Nick was a singer-songwriter and he wrote a bunch of songs um, with us, or not with us, we learnt them. And um, it was just this whirlwind. I remember going for the auditions and there were thousands of girls and we had to sing, we had to dance, they gave us stuff to learn and and then it got down to the four of us and we did a pilot and it got picked up by Channel 7 and so we would film, we filmed for half of the year and or most of the year. So I didn't do Year 10, I would go to Year 10 classes on I think a Monday which sort of mm. kicked off the bullying at school, you know, being sort of a bit of an oh, really? outcast at school because you haven't sort of, you're not doing what everyone else is doing. I, I went to an all-girls school and um, you start to sort of notice that you're different, you're not going the same days as everyone else, you know, you have yeah, special leave. Um, but we had such a good tight network and I've always found that the show has been, had such an impact on girls. I was out the other day, I was shopping at um, Westfield and a girl stopped me, she was, about my age, but younger. She said, I know your face. Are you on girl TV? I said, wow, that is so wild. I get that all the time, even though I look, <laughs> well, I probably don't look too different. My hair's blonder. Right. But it, it really, they just said, wow, growing up, that we just would race home. We would ho- get your album. We'd dance to the songs. You know, they'd pick which girl they wanted to be um, and make up little girl TV things at home. And it was just a really, really wonderful time of my life, probably one of the best times of my life doing that. And I had to grow up pretty fast because, you know, you're working quick turnaround on set, interviewing celebrities. I interviewed Usher. We got to meet, you know, Guy Sebastian at the time when he first mm. came off Idol. We got to interview and do some amazing things. And it was just um, sort of took us to a little bit of fame around Australia and we got to go on tour and host things like Carols in the Domain. And for a 14-year-old, that was pretty amazing, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I loved every second of it. It was so much fun. Photo shoots. It was just like, wow, is this real life? And I'm getting paid to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. So, so how's that when that ends though? Like, because it's yeah. Do you have? Is there people around that? I mean, like from the production team that are aware of you know people maybe um, when stuff like that ends, taking it really hard. Are they kind? Do they kind of prepare you for that? Well, we or you, or you f- I was the youngest. A couple of the other girls were just finishing high school mm-hmm. um, and we'd also do schooling as well there. Um, so I went back and did my year 10 certificate and passed. How did that happen? I'm not sure. Um, but I guess I was always pretty studious. So when we were filming, I would make sure I didn't want to, you know, fall behind too much. And um, they, they, yeah, the production was really good. Um but it's just like anything, it, that's the industry, you know, you, what you sign up for, you know yeah. what's coming at the end of it. And I thought we might have another season going, but it, it didn't go ahead. And so it was just back to school for me and I finished year 12. And, um, yeah, I guess we just we just had to get on with it. So, But mm. it was it's still just fantastic memories and such, such good um, life experience and building stuff that I realised very quickly I couldn't learn at school. You know, for sure, off and doing, you can't learn, can't learn you know. that shit anywhere, man. No, and so I, I definitely grew up pretty quickly during that because, you know, 
all of the crew were, you know, in their 20s or 30s or 40s and, mm. you know, I'm a 15-year-old girl um, and just loving every bit of it. And I sort of just couldn't wait to leave school to get back to doing more, you know. Mm. So I just sort of knuckled down, did what I had to do at school um, and went on the venture of, you know, trying to find more work. Yeah. You said you said then that, you know, that's the industry and, and you know it's coming. I, I, it, it, the other girls that were in in the group there, had they done, I mean, because you'd done Annie and um, yep. you'd also been around, you know, uh, you know, your mother and father would have brought you up yep. knowing about the industry and stuff. Did, were the other girls aware of that? Um, I think a couple were. One, a couple of them were, were dancers and um, another one of the girls was a um, – she was kind of a surfer chick from, and we got really close during that. Mm. And um, I think that was one of her first experiences with it. Um, mm. She's gone off to do wonderful things now, start a family and start her own fashion label. So I think we cool. all had it in us at, you know, for some reason it was in our blood to just perform and, yep. you know, we got the job because we were the best ones for the job at the time. Yep. And I guess then you pick up where you left off and decide if you want to do that or if you want to go and do something else because it's a tough industry, you know. You go from a peak to a low pretty quickly and mm. you do have to build up that tough skin. I'm, I'm not sure how easy that is to do for everyone. I've found it quite hard over the years that when you mm-hmm. hit that high, the lows come pretty low as well. Mm. Um, and I'm pretty honest with that because well, I, think be, people can, yeah. Yeah, mm. I think people can know that, oh, you're just doing well all the time. It's like, no, no, no. I'm grateful for all those experiences, but the time where you aren't doing what you love is really tricky too, you know? So I, I appreciate everyone that just keeps giving it a shot and keeps getting knocked back and it – it's the way it is and you have to accept it if you can keep doing that or if you want to go like I did and get a normal job for a while. If what I call a normal job is, you know, what you have Monday to Friday, you know, you've got some income mm. coming in and I've definitely done that just to reset and go, okay, now what? Get your head get your head good. <laughs> yeah, get your head yeah. red, Casey, and push forward just to just to get a bit of normality in your life because it's it's very up and down roller coaster in this industry. Mm. So yeah, girl TV ends. Um, you're back to school, like you said, getting ready for that next thing. Uh, what was that mm-hmm. next thing? What did? Ah, uh, well, I did a few jobs after that. Some, you know, some voiceover work and some working in a cafe, working in retail, and then um, mm-hmm. I booked a job on High Five Kids Show. Right. High Five. So yep, yep. So I can ask you about that. that. So, so yeah. how did that how did that come about? How did that audition come about? And yes. and then my next question after that would be, what is a high five high five high five audition? So I had a new manager at the time, and they had put me up for four or something castings for TV commercials, and I booked all of them. So it was sort of like their little test, going, okay, you can do this. Um, and then they had a high five audition come up and they said, look, we've got this. Would that be something you're interested in at first? I was like, no, I don't think so. Because I knew the stigma that had been attached to something like high five, that once you sort of do a children's show, uh, you're kind of locked into that, you know. And I sort uh, of thought, right. well, what do I want to do in the future? And the audition came up and I fought with it for a bit and then I went to the audition day one and there was thousands of people and Charlie was there because that's who we were replacing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got in those doors, something in me fired up and I said, this is my gig. This yeah. is my gig. I'm going to yeah. get this yep. no matter what it takes. So I really sacrificed a lot during that time. Um, stayed home. I learnt all the current DVDs. I just just in case they said, you need to go on tour tomorrow. Right. Just made sure I just, you know what it was? It was just for myself the first time ever that I put the work in. You know, I wasn't a young 
cute kid that could just get by on being able to smile and dance around. I really had to put mm. the work in and show show that I could do what they wanted. And it was quite a vigorous few weeks. Um, my mum always reminds me, she's like, you didn't sleep, you looked like a nervous wreck. But it was that thing that even if I didn't get it at the very end of the day, I knew that I'd done everything I possibly could to get oh. that role. Right. Sometimes I wish I could get back that yeah. <laughs> that fire in my belly that I had yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's there. And then yeah, maybe when it comes, you're like, ah, oh, throw everything into it. Yeah. Well, oh, fuck, that's too hard. <laughs> oh, young and yeah. naive, throw everything to the side that's and a, you know, <laughs> head for the cliff. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad I did because yeah. it is. Gosh, that's changed my life so very much, and I'm so yep. grateful mm. for that experience. I was straight on tour. I was working with you know the originals, Nathan and Kelly, and Stevie, um, and Son. We just had the best time traveling around the world, doing stuff mm. with World Vision. It was just, oh, I, yeah, I have no words. It was a remarkable experience. Mm. My um, oldest daughter, she's just about eleven, so mm-hmm. we got introduced to, to high five yeah and it, it was the time it was yourself it was Fally, stevie lauren and tim so you, you guys were yes. the with the group for my for my daughter and of course me and my wife because we get to sit and wow. watch high five. yeah you're welcome the songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah um, i'm sorry <laughs> no 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 please it's all good um what I, what i found remarkable was just your your guys fitness and mm. You know the the moves you're doing and the singing and the um, oh, oh yeah, it's it, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I know. People always say, "How do you stay so happy?" I'm like, luckily, I am like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've got a big energy, and you sort of have to to do that that show. I think you'd crash and burn, but um, it's it's one of those things that the job keeps you up on that level, but you do crash and burn. You you very much mm. do because of the and, I, and it's one of those things that I have never ever in my life learnt something like work ethic that I did in that job. Um, I don't think in the five years I had a sick day. And if I was sick, right. it would dose yourself up, vomit in a yeah, bucket off stage, right. get back on there and, right. and do the gig. But mm. um, that that really shows shows you what you're capable of as a human to push through and to do. And it's all about those kids. It's all about mm. keeping those kids happy. Yeah. And until you don't have the stamina to do that anymore, I started losing my voice and getting vocal problems, nodules, mm. not so much from the singing, but a lot of the travelling and the talking in oh, between right. shows. Um, right. I lost my voice and it just started really getting to me mentally because I was like, if this happens to me, I'll never sing again. You know, mm. I had going to ear, nose and throat specialist, doing vocal exercise, seeing a speech pathologist, all this stuff started catching up with me after five years. And oh, this was after. This is not. This was not while you were working. It was during. It was during, right? But I was. I was there for five years. So it was in the last yeah. year that started happening, and it just. I just had to make that call, sign on for another three years, and really struggle with certain things, or yep, or take a step back. And um, I had you know other dreams and aspirations. I wanted to you know just what what else is out there once you start getting really comfortable in something. Yep. You know, and I always talked like at the moment I'm living with Stevie and Tanika oh, cool. actually. Awesome. Yeah, just a little, yeah, great. little, um, little crossover. But it's been really nice to sit back and reflect and um, sort of talk about those times. And because it's something that, if unless you're in it with those four other people, no one else understands. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to explain an experience like it's like those people that go away, you know, on long haul jobs or army or you know 
pilots or something, they go away. And when you come home to your family, it's very hard to explain yeah. the good, the bad and the ugly yeah. that you've experienced. Yeah. And we only have that with each other. So it's a special bond we have. Mm. And with those kids in particular, kids that we've lost, kids that we've held hands of that we've lost or kids that have grown up with us, um, it just holds a very, very special place in your heart and I'll always, always be thankful for that job. Yeah. One of my, my daughter said today, because I, I I told her that I was talking to Casey and they would take oh, Casey, nice. to Casey from High Five. And um, she said, oh, I'll ask her how Chats is, how, how's Chats going? <laughs> Do you know how many kids ask me, how's Chats? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. Last night I was um, with my niece, now 17, and my nephew, they, you know, my nephew um, loved the show. Cassidy came and watched all the shows as well. And cool. um, Eden was a big fan. And at the table I decided making the jump, jump noise. You know, that's <laughs> just, I just play the noise. And they thought it was a noise from some other show. And I was like, no, no, it's. It's Jump Jump. And everyone's like, who's that? And I was like, oh, we've moved on. Okay. <laughs> I'm not cool anymore. That's right, eh? Push the head away. Good yeah, stuff. Move on, Casey. That's yeah, a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, grow up, mate. Grow up. Um, Still trying to use it, you know. Yeah. Um, did you guys get any creative input into um, your performances and stuff like that? I, I mean, I, I, I understand that it was, you know, choreographed and that kind of thing, but. Did you, yeah, did you guys get any sort of creative input? Yeah, look, when we were doing the live stage shows, we definitely, it was a very much a collaborative effort. We had a director, we had script and mm. all of that, but we definitely got to throw in some stuff that would make it, they wanted to make it, you are you, you're your character. Oh, cool. You know, I played Casey, he played Stevie. Mm. What would you say in this moment? We could just change it up. Um, definitely on set, if <laughs> I always wanted to wear a moustache, don't ask why. I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So any opportunity I had on set to wear a moustache, that was my creative input. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Um, well, it's just funny seeing a girl in pigtails wearing a moustache. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. the funniest. It was the best. Right. Um, but, yeah, we, 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 it was such a quick turnover with script and with filming mm. that it, you, had, you had a bit of input in, you know, I would say this or not say that, but it's like bang, bang, let's bang it out, bang, yeah, bang, right, bang. Right. Let's get it done on to the next scene. But definitely with live stage shows, we'd keep it keep it as it was but change it up. And we had this one part on tour in our last tour that we'd have this space of 30 seconds where everyone would beatbox and I'd do a rap on the spot mm -hmm. and make it up every show. And Stevie said it used to be the scariest 30 seconds of his life because he just was like, <laughs> Didn't know what's please coming. don't say anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Yeah, 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 but we got to have fun like that. So yeah. it was um, always fun for the audience if, you know, you had a bit of a stuff up or you forgot a line or someone fell over or that's the fun of it. And it's kids, you know, yeah. they're there to have a good time. So we, we had a bit of creative input, yeah. Oh, that, and Stevie actually did a bit of writing for the series too, oh, great. which was cool. We got to write some songs and write some scenes. So, awesome. you know, if you wanted to, you could step up and, and sort of request to be part of it. Mm, so, yeah. Excellent. Um, so what was a, what was a normal day in the life of high five say oh, oh well <laughs> during filming it would be five days a week or six days a week mm. going two days of learning it all and going in and rehearsing probably like 40 something songs you'd have to learn overnight or over two days mm. go in film for four days um and then you go out doing you know, voiceover work, going and recording the album, then you'd set up and rehearse for tour and then you'd spend a few months rehearsing for tour and then you'd be out on the road touring, touring, touring. Mm. Then we'd fly overseas, we'd do some stuff with World Vision, then we'd fly to the Philippines and we'd do three live shows a day. In between every show we'd have our meet and greets 
photos with the audience, signing things. Makes me feel like my life right now is super lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what what do I can do with my day? I can enjoy my drink. <laughs> yeah, have a drink. I clearly need to grab one. <laughs> mm. um, so it was no, there would be, there was schedule and there was, but it would change very much. So whether you were touring or whether you were filming or whether you were on a press tour or something like that, it would, um, it would be very different, but pretty regimented during that. And we do a lot of in-store appearances. If you had, you know, people um, sponsoring us, we'd have to go meet the sponsors, do photos with them. So it was not a lot of rest for the wicked. Yeah, man, man, you'd have to be you'd have to be up all the time, wouldn't you? Like yeah, you would, and then you'd come back to your hotel, and you'd either just all go, oh, we crash, or somehow we push through. Yeah, we'd be in Singapore, all go out for dinner, yeah. go out with the owners. Like it was, but you know what? I'm glad we did all of that. I'm glad I wasn't a hermit after shows because yeah. they're the experiences I remember as well. Going out That's in Clark a- Key in Singapore, going out maybe finding a club to go to, going and dancing, just. All of that kind of fun stuff. Experiencing the food all around the world was amazing. Just going out and experiencing different music all around the world and just having having good connections with people in other countries was just amazing. And I really miss that. I really miss that. And I feel feel for the countries everywhere right now that can't have people visit yeah. or, you know, that can't visit their families. I can totally, totally feel for them because travel just for a lot of people, fills the soul, you know. Mm. And when we were travelling and we got to do it for work, it was amazing. Mm. That's really cool. Okay, so um, you started to have the problems with your voice and nodules and and that yep. that kind of stuff. The time comes, they say, do you want to sign on for another three years or or no? Yeah, you've decided not to do that. Now, mm-hmm. um, how long was the kind of the how how much notice did you kind of have to give and um, well, and, and what yeah. did you start lining up for yourself once that finished or was it break time? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I already started feeling, I used to, I started getting, um, that feelings of anxiety and sort of like a light depression feeling like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd call it that, but we're just going to work. I had anxiety and I was feeling very down and flat. Yep. And I think it was the voice, the voice was really, you know, like if something gets taken away from you, I can understand if, you know, s- sports players break their leg and they can't play again or I, mm. I really empathize with football players that injure themselves and that's it their career's done um mm. that's how I sort of felt so I started to feel quite down mm. and not 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 like I was able to give 100% at work and that for me was someone that had that work ethic built into me that's like give this 100 all the time very hard so I just thought look there are and there are other things I want to do I think I remember this one time we were at a gig somewhere out west in Sydney, I was putting pigtails in and I just looked in the mirror and I was like, I need something else. I just need to I need to experience something else now. I've I want someone else to be in here as excited as I was when I started. And I, I think I'm ready to hand the reins over. It's just and I thought five years with high five, I can high five myself on the other oh, hand yeah. and you know, shake my own hand and go, You've done you've done well, Case. And um Tim and I had a discussion and we decided to leave together. Yeah. So it didn't feel like I was too alone in it. Okay. And I just left and and just reacquainted myself with my family. Mm. Um I had got myself an apartment, so I wanted to just go rest in that for a bit and chill out and cook myself some homemade dinners. And that was a real transition period for me. Very up, very down, very hard. But um pretty life-changing because I, you know, worked out the next path for me. It took some time. Mm. I found it very hard to maintain relationships during high five too. Mm. Um, 
friends or boyfriends or anything like that because mm. you're just away so much. Mm. So I got to sort of reacquaint with friends and um, just live a bit of a normal life that I feel like I somewhat missed out on mm-hmm. just the stupid regular day-to-day going to the shops with your girlfriends right. kind of thing. Right. Um, I wouldn't give <laughs> give up what I did for the world, but just those little things. Do you want to come for coffee? Yes, I'm, I can. Or you're invited to a wedding. I can make it. Yeah. Just little things like that that I felt like I was making up to my family and friends what I hadn't been able to be there for, but they totally understood. But it was just me wanting to to get back into a sense of normal, you know? Yeah. So when did you start getting at your feet then? Time to start doing something else. Oh, it actually came when I I started doing some other, you know, bits and pieces of work, little hosting stuff and and then I went and did I worked to um, manage some fashion retail stores. I just wanted like to you know, get some money coming in. I did my Pilates course, started teaching Pilates, and then I hurt my back really badly oh, and needed some time out and kept working retail. Um, just it was funny. You'd have people come in and go, what are you doing here? Like, do you want to pay my rent? <laughs> <laughs> um, but just just needed a sense of normal. And then I started getting itchy fit really badly. I started doing some live gigs and performing and singing with a girl group, The Diamonds. Yep. So we'd travel around and um, – you know, be gigging and get dressed up and, you know, that's when it started happening and I started then again losing my voice again um, because I was singing stuff that wasn't wasn't in my key. You know, I sing a lot of, uh, you know, songs that are, you know, women from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s till now. There's a lot of big belter tunes in there mm. and um, it was such a good experience. I've made some incredible friends, some of the best friends I will ever have, but... I realized I started picking up the guitar again and started feeling feeling that was my meditation through the guitar and mm. um, that's when the itchy feet began. It's like I need to do an album and I just had this this breakup that happened that I took myself to Nash uh, to um, Blues Fest and something in me was like I need to get my butt to Nashville, just something in me, something I'm very much on like energies, something was, over was there. there a bef- like, oh, was, there a bef- was there a performer at? At Blues Fest that, that made you think, oh, man. Cheryl Crow. Oh, really? Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I walked through. I flew out to Blues Fest to see the Teskey Brothers. They're yep. one of my favourite bands. Yep. And um, followed them around like a little stalker and flew <laughs> went up there and went and watched them and just, oh, gosh, wow. And then I was heading back to the accommodation and it was like the one of the very last things of the night, stumbled through and I'm like, let's go see what that is. Walked in, stumbled across Cheryl Crow performing and I just stood there just, you know, and I went, I can do that and I'm going to do that. I want to do that. And contacted my friend Sam Hawksley over in Nashville and we'd been talking on and off, just sending him songs and I met him during Girl TV. Okay. And he moved over there and he's like, get on a plane. That week I booked a ticket and uh, off I went to Nashville and just did a writing trip, just threw myself in the deep end and so the itchy feet got itched mm. and I realised there was no turning back. So mm. that was that moment where I just saw Sheryl Crow performing and went, yep, I'm going, I'm doing it and nothing's going to stop me. Mm. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. As you know, the Gig Life podcast is free. You don't have to pay anything ever. But if you find the value in the Gig Life podcast, you can donate or leave a tip. Go to thegiglifepodcast.com, click on that donate button and give as little or as much as you like and just know that anything you give will go back into creating great content for this podcast. All right, back to the episode. Did you already have 
a bunch of songs written already? Yeah, ish. Sorry, ideas type. Yeah, I definitely. I've got them back in my phone from, you know, and I've been writing songs since high school yeah. and I've done a song um, with Natalie Bassingthwaite and her husband down in Melbourne. I've just mm-hmm. done a bit of writing, you know, just it wasn't like the first time, but it was definitely the first solid look at how this is done in the real world. Mm. <laughs> like it is a business over there. Oh, yeah, you know, that's, especially Nashville. Yeah. You went, mm. Oh, you enter a room and bang, you knock, knock out a song I'm, and I literally just – Baked it till I made it and just <laughs> went in pretending like I knew what everyone was talking about. <laughs> Picked up on the lingo. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just threw, threw in some of the lingo like I knew. But that's the funniest part of it that yeah. it's it's all, and, you know, you bring all your ideas to the table and I was just, I was a sponge. That's what I was on that first trip. I was just soaking it up and Sam was just unbelievable. So at the end of it we got all these songs and he just said, come back and let's do an album. Cool. So, you know, sat on that for a little bit and, mm. Last year, got out ducks in a row, got some money together and decided to self-fund the album and got on a plane and landed and I just started crying as soon as I landed. I just went, I feel like I'm home. This is where I need to be. And I just put everything into it. We just worked and worked and worked and it was just one of those experiences that I just can't believe has finally happened, you know. Mm. Mm. So I'm very proud of getting something done that I said I was going to do because I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. Um, and I guess that comes from just having had such an intense lifestyle for so long that I'm like, ah, oh, I can chill. There's no time to chill anymore. It's time yeah, to get today. this music going. Oh, you know? chill. Someone will come. Someone will come. Some, someone will knock. <laughs> someone, someone will knock. Yeah, right? Someone will call. Oh, wait. No one's knocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during that, um, so you had your first riding trip and um, – you came back. What did you do during that time that you're back? Were you back into retail or were you performing or? Yes, I do. Uh, both. Both. Yeah. Yep. So it was gigs on the weekend, retail, teaching Pilates. I just yep. had a whole bunch of stuff going on. Mm. Um, and going through a little bit of a tumultuous relationship. I just Life mm. was all just a bit chaotic mm. and a little bit too much all over the place. Right. So I just had to sort of, sort of bring it back and go, where do I feel good and who do I feel good around? Mm. And now I need to focus on that. And that was, I just found with the music and with, with anybody surrounded with music, that's sort of where I just felt like I needed to be. So that's um, when we went and decided to go three weeks of full recording album. Oh, and I just wish I was there right now. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Yeah. So we're, we're let, let's, let's talk a little bit about specifics now um, about the album. Mm-hmm. So where did you record it? In Nashville. Yeah, in Nashville. Um, yeah, yeah. In Nashville in a place called Madison. So um, I stayed with Sam Hawksley and his wife and their little kid. Um, she's so beautiful. So they just had a baby the first time I went around to Nashville and then she was not, not so much a baby that next time I went. So that was really mm. nice. Um, I feel like you're part of the family there. Mm. And um, we had some of the songs we had before, so we sort of just got together and went, okay, what are we going to do with these songs, but let's get together and write some more. So mm-hmm. um, Sam teed up sort of a songwriting list every day. We'd go and write with certain people every day. So we linked up with like Rick Price, Lee Nash. Um, we just had these incredible list of people to write with and every day we'd write, we'd come back and we'd set up, he's got a studio upstairs and he's an incredible okay. songwriter and guitarist. Yep. And he'd play and then we'd lay down a demo 
And then we actually just went, let's go for it. So we started recording properly. We get heat play. And then we, by the end of it, when we had all of our songs and chosen what we wanted to do for the album, um, we had all the musicians play. So we took it to Nash Chambers studio and mm. crazy to see all of Casey's records up on the wall mm. and just be part of that. Cause that's who I grew up yeah. learning from. Yeah. It's that full circle. Yeah. Um, so we put the drums on and then we just was like a cake. We just laid it up and came back with this record and just went, okay, what do we do now? So we did a lot of this stuff from back, me being back home. Okay. And um, that's the magic of technology, I that's suppose. Right. That's right. Yeah. So we just sort of worked out. Then we really knuckled down on all the songs that we wanted to do because we had a few extras and um, I had to re-record a couple of the songs here and um, we just packaged the album together and went, okay, this is what we're doing. And I suppose it's just for me it wasn't at all chasing that dream of I want to be a big famous singer and I want to, you know, sell a million copies overnight, let's get out there, let's get out there. It's like yep. I really, this was a passion project for me mm. and I did it for me but I know that it can relate to so many other people around the world and I think if I did this two years ago I wouldn't have been able to sit in that space and fully agree with what I just said because mm. I would have been doing it for other reasons. Mm. Um and I think it took a lot of guts for me personally to do that trip just due to personal things I was going through. That that's that was the universe calling me and I knew I had to do it and that's why there's so much passion and love in this project mm. that I feel like I can connect with anybody that sort of has gone through the highs and the lows that I know I have. Mm. It's just really well done. Like it's a really brilliant album. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that because you. you're here and I'm, you know, trying to <laughs> blow smoke, but it really is really, really good. Like um, sonically it's brilliant. It's got, it really has that Nashville sound to me. You know, being a drummer myself, the drum sound yeah. is just magic. It's oh, fantastic. Watching that, that, watching that come together was unbelievable, mm. just seeing them in the room and I'm like, this is my song and that drummer yeah, is yeah. just going to yeah, town. Yeah, yeah. Unreal, unreal. It's Tim McGraw's, Tim McGraw's drummer actually. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Ah, there's the little yeah. link back to faith. Hey, that's it. Hey, sweet. <laughs> I know, right? How yeah. good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate that because it's a body of work that it's always very terrifying and scary to to let you know your diary out there. Um, mm. But I've I've sort of hit this place in my life that I'm like, if I can't share what I know and help somebody out there or multiple people out there, then I'm not doing my job. You know, I got told yeah. by this woman once that. I was put on this earth. She was this woman that came up to me, kind of like a medium. She'd been put on this earth, but you're not fully completing your job here. I didn't really know what she meant. Mm. But now I feel like I've kind of worked it out. I'm here to sort of empathise, sympathise and connect with other people yeah. and, you know, not throw anything down their throat to help. Or, But it's it's helping through through my experience. So I sort of feel like I hope that, I hope that this is now what I've been put on the earth to do when I'm sitting in that space. Right. Was there any times during the process where you and the producers or the other songwriters butted heads? No you butting know? of heads. There are kind of some moments where you're like, mm, that's a bit of a shit idea. <laughs> Have a laugh. <laughs> oh, as long as you can laugh it off and move on. Yeah, none, none of that sort of, no, it's my idea. 
No way. No, We've, I've, had some, I've heard some horror stories. That, yeah. Do you know what it is? It's, you know, there's no butting heads. There's just like silent moments that you go, come on, someone, please get the hook, please. Let's go eat. <laughs> Let's go eat some tacos. Then we'll get the idea. Right. And you come back, you've got a full belly of tacos. You still can't get the idea. Then you sit on it and even things that we – um. That's a Sam and I work really well together like that. Like he very much lets me go on my way. I let him mm. go on his. We have ideas. We both, you know what it is? You've got to work with someone that, and Sam Hawksley has this thing that before I even went, we were on the same page. Right. So right. when you get there, you have to work with someone you're on the same page with. Well, you wouldn't, wouldn't have gone otherwise, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like I, I've got this thing that I'm like, just I want it to sort of do this and sound like this. I don't have the words, but. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. I got you guys. I got you. Awesome. You know? That's great. So I know what I'm saying with my language that makes no sense, but he he gets it. Yeah. 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 Well, next yeah. time, next time, next time around you have, have all that lingo, the new lingo you work. You, oh you yeah. Learned. I've got the lingo. Yeah. Write all that shit down. Oh, right. eh? Don't forget. I should have, should have written it down. <laughs> um, what's your, what's your favorite song on the album? It changes. Okay. Um, I think at the moment, I think my favourite song, probably Lemon Tree. Okay. Um, I wrote that for my grandparents, my love of my my pop for my nana, and then obviously he got to hear it and she got to hear it and then we lost him. So there's just like it holds a special place in my heart, that song. Okay. Can I play a little bit of it? Absolutely. Oh, cool. Can you hear that? I can. Awesome. Hello. <laughs> Walls and an old lemon tree. It'll all still be here one day after me. We kept it simple, didn't ask for much. All we needed was two of us. We count every memory. I might be losing track of time. If I start to lose my mind I choose you in every life And if the walls begin to fall I build them up just like before Until the day I die I'm by your side Yep, very good. My my favourite and like you said, my favourite now because I had another yeah. favourite the other day. I, I like yeah. I, I like the title track. I think "Space to Breathe" is just Space to breathe. awesome. Yeah. Like the 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 harmony and the and the. Hang on. Oh. Yeah, here we go. Oh. What happened there? We're back. <laughs> and I, I like later in the song how that that harmony d- doubles up. Layer that harmony. It's beautiful. I'm not running away. It's not my birthday or a holiday. No big reason, nothing to stay. In come the drums. Yeah, love it. Not on a mission. There's nothing missing. I'm just leaving. That's all I know. Don't need permission. Bought my own 
That's my favourite today. Beautiful. I yeah, think yeah. my favourite uh, My favorite tomorrow will be moving on. I love yeah. that. That's, I wrote that with Sam and Rick Price and we just had so much fun writing it and just oh, I just love like I can just see the car driving down the road and the hair blowing in the wind. It just makes me very happy that to say, yep, I'm moving on. <laughs> okay, let's have a little bit of a listen to this. It's very Nashville. Those drums are swampy, man. I love a swampy drum. Yeah. Such a long time I ignored my intuition. Wouldn't take the time to take my own advice. I tuned it out. I wouldn't listen to that voice of wisdom. Bumping into brick walls. Yeah, you better pay the price. Living in my own illusion, drowning in a sea of my confusion. I ran out of tears to cry. Roll the windows down, let that breeze come rushing. Turn it up, I wanna hear that happy song. I like the way that that just sort of tracks along. You yeah, know? very Nashville, like you said. Yeah, yeah. you can hear Rick singing in the background. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Rick. <laughs> my favourite line, and I was telling you this the other day when I was messaging, yes. <laughs> my eyes are tired from rolling. I think that's that's, <laughs> that's brilliant, eh? Because you, you can just see it, eh? You can picture it. Yeah, because if you listen, that's just if my you listen to the stories, Ugh. talking about all the fucking flat earthers and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, Idiots everywhere. Job. Yeah, no, no, good job. Um, oh, yeah, it's just so nice to hear hear people being able to hear it finally. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, been yeah. one of those things that it's like for you to sit there and look at me through the thing and tell me that you know the names of my songs is like, what? Oh, oh good. It's amazing. Yeah, that's very cool. cool. Yeah, no, you've done really well. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't Thank say it otherwise. Um, Thank you. Now, I, um, oh, what I, the other thing, <coughs> pardon me, I was going to mention my, daughter um was in Wakakiri a couple of years ago ah, yeah yeah and um you were the you were the presenter of that I was the host and presenter of Wakakiri yeah. for many years it's been that, right I was in Wakakiri when I was in year one oh wow and it's kind of full it's circle. come back full circle yeah, that yeah. I have uh, I need to find the footage of that that would be absolutely a cack um <laughs> but I've been hosting it for like the last seven years or something, and unfortunately right. this year we've had to obviously COVID restrictions. There's been yep. no, no live shows, but I love hosting Wacky Cure. I, I still stand off the side of stage and bawl my eyes out watching the kids yeah, dance. It's just right. magic, isn't it? I mean, yep. you know, I feel sorry for the parents that their kids in Act Twelve. <laughs> well, that, that, I think that was us in the in the regional <laughs> final. I think yeah, it was yeah. 
And um, it's a long night. It's a long night, but it's still cute. I, I know. I think that, and I still think people are still just having the best time out there. But you got those kids sitting out the back. I remember my wife at Kiri, the same thing. We were very, very last, and I was asleep out the back with hairspray all stuck to my face. And um, <laughs> it's just, I just know what it feels like to be those kids, yeah, and be that excited to be on a stage for the first time in their life. It's just. Some of them are going to end up doing what I'm doing. You know, yeah, they're going to end up doing it. what you're doing. They're going to yeah. be musos. They're going to. These are our. This is our future generation of kids that are just living in their costumes. It's the best. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my. How did your How did your daughter do? Oh, they they didn't make it through to the. Oh no. But I, yeah, I think they they got a an award for something. Uh, right, beautiful. Be, Yay. Best, best use of a particular prop or whatever it was. I'm not quite uh, sure. Oh, yeah. But, Signature you know, item. Yeah, but I, I um, for them it wasn't about winning. It was just that whole um, exp- oh, experience. Matter. Yeah, yeah, because I think the first um, the first night was down at the um, the Riverside Theatre in Parramatta. Yep, 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 and they got through that, and they they made it to the finals at, at Homebush, and oh, it was cool. Nice, yeah. it's but it was so cool for us. It was just great. Hopefully. It was great for us too, you know, to sit and watch her, and yeah, it was really good. Oh, the kids yeah. get so excited. I always laugh. I always make jokes when I come back out. They're like, I feel sorry for the parents where the kids are wearing a mask the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. You don't know where your kid is, but just clap anyway, please. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, have there been any? opportunities, gigs offered to you, um, shows or anything that you've turned down or haven't been able to do that you've really regretted that you that you haven't been in that place to be able to do that? Um, I actually, the only one that comes to mind is I booked a job on an acting show, an online kind of an online series where I booked the lead acting role mm. and then it was – a role in the television series or a telly movie called Scorch with Vince Colosimo as the lead. So I filmed day one and then on that afternoon I got told that I got high five. So I had to ah. pick between the two. I'm very glad I made my decision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. one of those things that I've never really been able to go in and super crack the acting world because, okay, you know, you had to make the call one way or the other. Um and, you know, I booked a job for five years of my life opposed to one series. But it's always in the back of your mind, that sliding doors moment. You're like, what would have happened right. if I went down down that way? So it's not a – that's the only one I can remember that I had to, like, make a big decision about, you know. Mm. But you've done um, you've done other TV stuff as well, though, haven't you? So, I mean – Yeah. So um, is that something you still want to pursue? I suppose, yeah. I mean, I'm just one of those people I like to try and do everything. And I'm, you know, been yep. doing acting my whole life and um, – the music stuff's very much where it's at right now. And, you know, I, once the albums come out and you see your name up on an ARIA chart, you're like, okay, let's keep going. Let's do another album. Let's yeah, keep going. Yeah, let's. Yeah, for sure. And it's not the accolades that drive me, but it's so nice to know people are enjoying my heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, perfect. Good. Yeah. All right, cool. So if someone wants to come along and break my heart again, we can get another album underway. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be all about heartbreak. No, it doesn't. I'm excited to see what comes next. But it's kind of one of those those things where I'm very um I found my found my space, found my found my space to breathe. Oh, yeah, nice. Well done. Yeah, um, segue. Have you ever auditioned or thought about auditioning for shows like The Voice or um, you know, Australian Idol at the time or because I, I Idol's coming back. I believe I've read yeah. somewhere. Um, I think I've just put enough into this album and in, enough into my stuff at this time. I mean, never say never, but it's just never really been yep. something I want to do. Um, cool. I don't know. Just have, I love watching them, but I just yep. don't think I'd like to be on them. I think. Yep. Um, I 
admire anybody that can get up there and give that a go. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think it is for me, yep. but I'd love to possibly give them one of my songs to use and sing, yeah, very good. you know, that that's kind yeah. of the other side or, or judge or that kind of thing. But I think being on it, I just, I don't think I've got it in me, to be honest. I'm quite a but, sensitive soul. I think I'd, I'd find it really difficult. Um, yeah. And I just admire anyone that can do it. Any of my friends that have done it, I'm just, whew, 10 points to you for getting up there and giving that a go because that is hard, very hard, <laughs> but it yeah. it's, looks like so much fun part of me. Part of me wants to be on that SAS show that's on at the moment. Oh, fuck I'm loving that. that. That whole, the, the scene where they're, they're, they're standing in the water and they're all cold, nah, that's oh, now, I'm out. I'm I think out. I'd like to give it a go. My dad said, you don't like people screaming at you, you'd probably cry the whole time. I was like, <laughs> I probably would. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> um, oh, gosh. Um. Earlier today I asked you to, well, yesterday I asked you to choose a song, one song and only one song that's had the biggest impact on you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in, in a second I'll, I'll get you to introduce that song and then we'll we'll, yeah. we'll start listening to it or before I start playing it, um, explain to us why you've chosen that song and, and why it's had that impact and, and does it still have yeah. that kind of impact today? I suppose um – this is a song by Patty Griffin, and I got I got introduced to Patty Griffin, and just my ears could not turn away, mm. and the way that she plays, and she plays live, and she just sings from her heart, and I think, you know, I'm not I'm not religious in any way. It's not about it being heaven the yeah. day. Um, it's what I what changed it for me was the emotion and the feeling. I felt like I was in the song with my eyes closed. I felt like I was taken to where she was. And when I saw her on stage live, she told me that the story was about what I like is the simplicity of a song this great and grand and all she wrote it about was sitting there with her dog on her lap. And she wrote it about that feeling. And I thought someone can put this tiny, tiny moment that she was living in into a song that makes me feel this much emotion Mm. I want to do that and it sits with me every single day is be present in where you are and every enjoy the smell of the gardenias enjoy the sip of coffee you're having and make that for yourself moment in time of having a heavenly day Mm, very cool okay let's have a listen So she plays guitar as well? She's playing and singing? Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, heavenly day All the clouds blew away Got no trouble today
Yeah, it's got the feels, eh? It's got the feels. Doesn't it? Yeah. And when she just says the smile on your face, I live only to see, and she's talking about her dog. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you would have no idea. Yeah, I was trying to picture where the dog was sitting when she was playing the guitar. So. <laughs> Correct, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably just yeah, head yeah. looking back at her. But, yeah. yeah, that's just one of those things that just every time I think about a song and just living in the moment and being, you know, in those precious times with with life sometimes when things get a little bit um, – tough you can just close your eyes and listen to that and it takes you somewhere breezy and sunny and mm. you know full of love i just love it i love it very cool um now mm-hmm. before we talk about where um people can get your album is there anything yep. we've forgotten anything that you wanted to talk about or i've, I've missed or um i don't think so i think you've done an amazing job you've done your research you've, oh, that's you know I... you've done this podcast thing before haven't you i've done it <laughs> once or twice now <laughs> yeah 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 um no i think it's it's just one of those those things, I suppose. Like, not to, not that you didn't touch on it, but just sort of, if anyone's listening that sort of wants to do this, you know, it is just really about knuckling down and doing the work and mm. finding that passion. Because if you don't, if you don't do it for you, this is what I've learned. If you don't do it for you, it's so so much harder. Because if you're trying to impress anybody else or or produce music or do something just to please other people, you're never going to be able to get you know, that, that heart into it. Exactly. And that's what I was, I was going to say that, that if I did it any earlier, I don't think I would have been able to do that. So you need to sort of, you know, go into that with, with you and your intentions being based on why you're doing it and it's mm. got to do it for you. So that's just any advice I could give. Um, and then the rest follows, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Are you already thinking about a second album? Because you said you had some leftover songs. Always, and, always. Yeah, I've got good. some songs, yeah, always. Yeah. And I, even just listening to stuff that I'm hearing that I'm going, okay, how could I change the sound up? How could I do this? And, you know, just getting that little, those little ideas, there. they're always there. They're always there. I could be sitting there yeah. with someone and then I'm rudely writing on my phone that I'm writing down song ideas. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, always good. it's always rolling here. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Now, your, um, obviously your album, Space to Breathe, is available the streaming sites and stuff, but ideally, and you know, it, it's. I think it's best if if you're listening out there, and if you if you try and buy the CD, because then yeah, then Casey actually gets the money. And most well, of they it. get it. Um, they can get it on um, iTunes as well, and Apple Music, yep, yep, and Amazon yep. Music, and Google mm-hmm. Play, and um, that all supports the artist and the creatives as well. So if um. You know, and obviously it is Spotify streaming and stuff like that, but, you know, there, there's been a lot of, you know, toxic reports and stuff in the news and the media about Spotify and artists mm. not not really getting their share, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I suppose that the way if you want to, and I've just, I've learned since doing this that I want to support artists that I love as well by going down that that paying for music route. And yep. um, the other way to get it is if you'd like a hard copy CD, JB Hi-Fi or Sanity, they have, um, they have copies as well. So it's, you know, and... If anyone follows me on KCA Burgess, I'm always posting links and slide ups and on my Facebook page as well, KCA Burgess, putting yep. links to where to get it and when there's new stuff coming through. So I'm, I'm all over when there's new stuff coming through. So if people do want a hard copy CD, just send me a message as well and um, I can send them on the right way. But all the normal, normal places like iTunes, like I said before, Google, Amazon and Apple Music, it's all available. Cool. Do you have like a link tree? On my, um, in my bio. In your bio, okay. So what I'll do, I'll all the links that you've just mentioned. Yeah. Now, um, I'll you link them. In the sh- yeah, I'll put them in the show notes of this episode. 
So, yeah, um, beautiful. That'd be great. Yep, and also on the blog post on my website, which yeah, for this. For Thank this you. Episode. Yeah, sweet as. No, I'm very excited for people to connect, and I'd love to hear what your favorite song is and um, why it connects with you. I think that's. Mm. I'm, I'm loving hearing people's personal stories, and you know, some people listen to that song "Lemon Tree" and went, "Oh gosh, I actually didn't think about that. I thought it was about you and your boyfriend or something." So it's mm. nice to actually mm. hear a backstory of the song, and then oh, but I also like to hear what you took from the song. So I can't wait to hear. What everybody thinks so i'm so grateful for you having me on your podcast and we've been talking about this for a long time but we had we have, a lot eh? more to talk about today right yeah, yeah it's good yeah definitely it's been awesome um yeah, yeah I, I really appreciate you coming on casey and yeah it's been um i think we tried to do this um about 18 months ago well, here we are, bigger and better we, than ever. Yeah, like I always <laughs> say, these things take time, you know. <laughs> Don't they? I wouldn't have been ready then. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Is Casey no. ever ready? <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Casey. It's great to talk to you, Thank mate. Thank you so much. See ya. All right, Bye. Mate, see ya. Bye.